What's up, everybody? Woo! I, uh, I got the picture here that I drew. Um, President Hagen, I'm going to give you this. I don't know. Um, you can come up. Yeah, we can get a picture with it if you want. Um, so I went here from 2001 to 2006. That is a great photo. Okay, so it's gold because, I'll tell you in just a sec. What's up, camera? Um, you can do whatever you want with that. Yeah, keep it, keep it. Um, yesterday, um, I sat down, drew that, and I put that little recorder thing over, and I can record the whole thing. Um, it was an absolute blast to draw that. Um, when, I, when I got asked to speak in chapel here, I wanted to do something a little different. And uh, this is Cobat Week, business chapel. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to be just a normal business guy because there are so many dimensions to business people, just like there are so many dimensions to pastors, volunteers, ministry workers. Today, I want to talk about the whole person, the whole person. And, you know, this little piece of art that I did there, the North, here, actually, let's put it on the stage. I want to look at that. I don't get to look at my art enough. Yeah, we'll put that up on the stage. Look at that thing. The, when I got asked to do it, I wanted to do something different. So this is my view of North Central. And what I love about this is here we have the chapel. It rises. And now if you're standing right out there, I don't know if anybody saw me a few days ago, creepy old guy snapping pictures of the chapel. Did anybody see me? No. Um, I was out there snapping pictures. And if you stand right there by the parking lot, this is not the view that you actually see. What you see is the chapel, you see Miller, you see the Skyway, but to get this picture, you have to have, actually have to combine about four or five different angles. I sat there and I was flying on a plane last week. I was speaking five times in Ohio to title agents, realtors, mortgage people. The week before I was in uh, San Diego. And when I got this idea for this chapel, this was the picture in my head. I'm like, I gotta draw this. I gotta draw this picture. Um, now, you can see the skyline here, but what I love about this is our chapel and that little cross on top is over everything else, which I love, and that's a little symbol. That's why I put it in gold right there, President Hagen. Um, so what I'm talking about today, create or die. Create or die. I said in that little intro verse there, uh, you know, when Jesus said, if my people don't cry out, the rocks will, Right? How many of you know in life sometimes it's easy to go through the motions, right? It's easy to go through the motions. I always like to say you can either go through the motions or you can create emotions. You can go through the motions or you can create emotions. Big epiphany I had a few years ago when I thought of that. My whole life has changed. How many of you know people that have gone through the motions in life? You can see them quietly going through the motions. Just, okay, I'm going to class, going to chapel. Maybe you see it in life. Oh, that barista, they just, what's your name? Okay, boom, boom, boom. Pour it, give it to you. Going through the motions every single day the same. I don't think God called us to go through the motions. I think he called us to create emotions in those around us. He didn't make us just to be a deposit of what he's given us. He made us to overflow. So today, I'm going to talk a little about artwork. Um, that's not what I do for a job. I launched my own site, BillSvoboda.com, just my art. I've loved drawing since I was little. This is just a little creative outlet for me. 
I run a software company. Last year, we sent 50 million text messages and emails to buyer, seller, realtor, lenders during the home closing process. 50 million texts and emails. You all, I don't know, maybe this is college, so maybe 50 million, all of your texts and, you know, combined would be. That is a lot, a lot of texts and emails. That's my day job. This is just a little fun thing. I believe God's put something in each of us, in your jobs, in your hobbies, in what you do for fun, that, man, if you could just do it and do it for his glory, everything changes. So today, I want to talk about create or die. That's really the message that I want to bring to you as a business person. I don't, I don't see myself as a business person. I see myself as just a person that's a Christian that loves Jesus, that's had a tough road in life at certain points, that even if I fall, I get back up. How many of you know that's true? It's all about how you get up. And what I've found is if I lean in to creating and doing something with my life, somehow God always seems to line up the next thing. So if you could hit the slide, I really don't have a clicker, which I found out about today. Um, This right here is Dr. Gordon Anderson. He was well before all of your times here. President Hagen, you knew him. We got a lot of people in the room here. Um, I saw Gary Grogan back there. Um, Gary Grogan, you have not aged a day Thank, yeah, you're welcome. No, seriously, he was up here preaching when I was in school in 2001, 2003, and he was bum, 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 bum. I can't imagine, you know, got Sean Doctor back there, Sean Heggie's Pizza. Do you all know, do you all know Sean Doctor with Heggie's, you don't know Heggie's Pizza? Well, am I saying it right, Sean, or is it Heggie's? Heggie's Pizza. I have given your company a lot of money over the years. Um, and Sean Doctor, you're actually on the board. You're the chairman of the board. Um, I actually have my dad here today also. I don't know where my dad is. Uh, he's on the board, Bill Svoboda Sr. I got a uh, huge influence in my life. Been there in the ups and the downs. I got my mom, which is crazy. My mom is here. I never thought I'd see the day. When she sent me off to college, she was crying. It was like, oh, he's going to Minneapolis, leaving. And yeah, now she gets to see me up here. And I got my fiance and her mom here, which is just incredible. Um, Getting married next year. The guy that I got on the screen here, Dr. Anderson, he's had such a profound influence on my life, though. When I think of, we all have these moments where something happens and it redirects your life. Years ago, I was student by president, 2006, and I got to have one-on-ones with Dr. Anderson. I sat in that office over there. If Judy's here, shout out to Judy. Um, she holds it down there. Um, I would walk in there as this little timid, like, college kid with a suit on because I thought I had to dress up. And, you know, it, I, I looked. It, the suit didn't fit well either. So I'd walk in there, and I had a notebook, and I would just listen to Dr. Anderson write, write, and he'd he'd just talk, and I would write, write, write. Whatever he wrote, I'd write down. And I wish I had those notes still today. I don't know where they went. But one day, Dr. Anderson said something to me that just, boom, it changed my life. I told him about my summer between my first senior year and second senior year, because I wanted to stretch it out. What's up, five-year seniors? That's the way to go. That last semester's the best. Hardly any classes, you're just having fun. So Dr. Anderson sits me down and he goes, he listened to my summer and he goes, Bill, there's a word. Have you ever heard of this? And if you could put it on the screen, ex nihilo, ex nihilo. And I didn't ever hear of it. I've sat in theology class after theology class. I've sat in biblical 101s. I don't even remember the names of the classes. I'd never heard of this. But he goes, Bill, do you know what ex nihilo is? And I hope I'm saying it 
write right now. He goes, ex nihilo is this, and if you could go to the next slide, it's an adjective. It means from or out of nothing, from or out of nothing. He goes, when God created the world, ex nihilo was what he operated from. That's one of his traits. That's what God did when he created. And he goes, Bill, you, when you do what you do, you started a business, you did this, that's you operating in ex nihilo. That's a portion of God's character. That's what he is. And when you operate in what you do, that is ex nihilo. And I was like, like, that was just a profound moment. I wrote it in my Bible. I still have that to this day. And ex nihilo, ex nihilo, ex nihilo, it stuck in my brain. Today, that's really the basis of what we're talking about, creating or die. We are creatures that were made to create. Um, I want to show four little things that I've come to realize in life and business, okay? Um, here they are. Hit the first one. First thing that I have come to realize in life and business is this. You were made to act, not react. You were made to act, not react, okay? So let's play this out something bad happens in life, you know how you're going to act. Like you run towards safety. Your mind doesn't have to process it. Flight or flight, you just run, right? A bear comes behind you or a squirrel in Elliott Park, you like run, right? Fight or flight. But our brain, God blessed us with this ability to when something bad happens or when we go through the motions over and over and over again, let's save some time here. Go from there to there fast. You don't have to think about it. But God really made us to act, to create. That's when we're most alive, right? You feel alive when you're creating something. I don't care how big of a project I got when I was at North Central in the business classes. If I had to write a business plan, I loved writing a business plan over reading my textbook any single day. Why? Because I'm creating something. It's in the imagination. Ex nihilo. Second thing is this. You were made to create, not contain. You were made to create, not contain. Okay, God has blessed each and every one of us in this room with gifts, talents, some things that you might not even recognize yet, right? You might not even recognize. You just do this little thing like I did that. My mom's here. I would always draw my notebooks in elementary school filled with doodles. Then one day I'm just like, I want to draw a skyline. Before I knew it, I launched a business doing skyline prints. Like, it was just fun. God puts things inside of you that you might not even consider spiritual or real gifts, but he put that inside of you, and I'm up here to tell you God called you to create, not contain it inside of you. Do it. Lean into that. Third thing is this. You can either go through the motions or create emotions. I said this when I opened This has proved more true to me than anything in business. How I deal with our clients, how I deal with our staff, how I deal with people, friends. You can either go through the motions in life or you can create emotions. How many of you know that person that when you're with them, you just love it? Why? Because they stir something inside of you. They pull you to a place and you're like, I just got to be around them. You have that person in your life? You have that place that you just got to be around because it's inspiring, right? In business, what I found is I can either just build a business, I can work a job, or I can every single day think this day I'm on the stage, I'm the hero of my story, and I'm going to go out and win the day for me, for my clients, for my family. You can either go through the motions or create emotions. Every day we choose that. Fourth and last little point here before we dig into a nice little scripture that we're going to unpack is this. Life is already complicated enough 
simple always wins. How many of you know that? Simple always wins. It was funny, I showed uh, my fiance Rania last night, I showed her the PowerPoint deck, and it's crazy how um, in life we overcomplicate things, right? You ever have a tendency to overcomplicate things? Like a teacher's like, write this homework assignment, and before you know it, you're like, well, actually, this doesn't apply because you're going to make as short of a homework assignment as you can. You're not going to overdo it. But in life, we tend to overproduce. The hardest thing in life is to cut, cut, cut. The hardest thing is to look at something you were passionate about creating and go, we don't need that. We don't need that. The real skill in life, the real talent, the thing that separates just anybody from somebody who's crushing it is you can say, nope, I don't need that. I don't need that. I showed Rania my PowerPoint, and I wasn't pumped about this little part of the deck, and she could tell, and I, I was like, I don't know. And she goes, babe, you're talking about simplicity. Just keep it simple. Cut it. Just cut that out. I was like, done. And you know how I felt after that? One, I was thankful to have her in my life. Um, two, I was like, I felt good. Simple always wins. The world's already complicated enough. You will win with one point, not 22 points. Your business, your career focused on one thing, not being everything. In today's world, we can be generalists or we can be a specialist. What's great about college is you get to touch a lot of different things. Your internship, I got Chloe here. Where's Chloe? Chloe Hansen, where's Chloe at? Where's Chloe? Oh, there she is, raising her hand. Let's give it up for Chloe. She's my marketing intern. She made me not call her up on the stage today, and I was like, okay, fine, whatever. Um, Chloe has been crushing it, and what I've instilled in her is, I'm going to show you all these things, and by the end of your internship, we're going to know what's the one thing you do best, and that's what you're going to be hired for. Sure, you're going to do other things, but I want to put you in your sweet spot, and Chloe's crushing it for us at Close Simple. Um, So I want to keep it simple here. And for the Bible passage, if you could hit the next thing, I'm just going to play it super simple. I remember when I was young, um, my parents would take naps. And if they took a nap, they would make us boys. I have two brothers, Steve and Mike. My mom's laughing. Um, They would make us take a nap with them or else we had to read our Bible. I'm a second grader or whatever. You know, my brothers aren't even old enough to do anything. So what verse do I read when I want to be a grown-up and stay up? Psalm 23. So I'm going to go back to the basics. Whenever I'm hitting this rough spot in life where I'm like, I'm going through the motions, life has a way, your brain has a way of sticking to things that don't help you go where you want to go. This verse throughout the years has helped me so much. So here we go. I'm just going to read this through and then we're going to dissect a little part of it. So here it is. And you've heard this a million times before. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. We've all heard that, right? Wow, he's my shepherd. He leads me beside quiet waters. Life sometimes doesn't feel quiet. I go back to this verse and I go, okay, I gotta remember, God's gonna lead me here. Let's go to the next part. He guides me along right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Um, what I love about this little part is even though I walk through the darkest valley, life can be hard. Life can be really hard. I don't know what you're going through. I know my story hasn't always been like, whoop, Instagram worthy. There are low points. You go through it though. You don't get stuck there. You go through those valleys because you go, okay, I'm with the shepherd. Like everything in my life doesn't feel like I can see straight, but I know he's got me still. 
I just got to keep my feet moving. I'm going to walk through this battle. I don't know what your battle is, but maybe that can hit home for you. You don't know what way up and down is. All you got to know is I'm walking through this. I'm just going to keep walking. I've had too many friends walk away from the faith because life hit them in ways they never expected. They didn't walk through it. They camped out there. They decided, I'm going to go this way. We got to walk through. He guides me there through the darkest valleys. I'll fear no evil for you're with me. Life is crazy. Let's go to the next one. And this is where it's going to start getting fun. You rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, when I highlight something red, that's important. Okay? You anoint my head with oil. Let's go to the next one. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Um, hit the next slide because I'm just going to emphasize the verses there in red. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. When I think about this chapel service, and I'm talking about creating or die, create or die, literally, we have a choice in life. You can move forward or you can sit here. You can create and you can do, you can act, or you can be here, right? You can settle. You can be like somebody who just goes through the motions, Well, in this verse, I love this because let's start here. You anoint my head with oil. So this is David. He's reminiscing on when Samuel anointed his head with oil. And back in the Bible times, what would happen is the priest or um, the prophet Samuel would come. David would have sat down. He would have kneeled down. Samuel would have poured oil over his head, right? We've all heard this a million times. Anoints him with oil, a ton of oil. We're not just talking about little like baby water baptism oil. None of that stuff. It's like vats of oil, okay? My cup overflows. I read this verse all growing up. My cup overflows. I thought, awesome. Yeah, my cup overflows. Okay, but let's go back to David here. David is uh, on his knees. Samuel's pouring the oil over his head. And it's dripping on him. It's pouring on him. Vat after vat. It wasn't just baby dedication water, oil. It was a tub of oil. My cup overflows. So David in his head when he's writing this psalm, I picture him as just like a shepherd kid. You know, he's like in his early or late teens, early 20s, he's thinking back to this day that Samuel did this. He's like, I was drenched. I was overflowing. Then he says, surely, and I love this because I cut this verse off for years, different verse. I would cut it off there at the period. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Now here's the big epiphany, okay? Here's the big epiphany. Let's connect the dots here. My cup overflows. So David's on his knees, drenched. Then... The next statement is, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. I love this picture because what happens is when David stands up, he's drenched. And what happens when he takes a step and another step? That oil is behind him. What happens when uh, David meets somebody like that? He meets President Hagen and he gives him a, I don't know what's cool nowadays, one of those. Gives him one of those. Is he going to be covered in oil? You bet he is. I, I want to do something here just to illustrate this, okay? Um, I have a, a helper. If we could bring my volunteers up. Next slide. I need a volunteer. Um, Kyle, you're, you've been kind enough to help me. Kyle, come on up. If you all could give a round of applause for Kyle. I want to, I want to show you like what this actually looks like. So we're going to put this blue tarp down. Kyle, we're actually going to keep you very dry today. Or we're not. 
Okay, we're going to put that down. Um, do you have two friends here? You got one friend? Yeah, we got, we got three, actually. We got three, okay, his other two friends, his only other two friends. Come up. Okay, come on down. Kyle, you are, you are going to be David here. You are going to be David. And I love this. Uh, I love this illustration because this is going to stick with you for life. Okay, David Kyle, slash Kyle, would you go sit in that tub? Do you, did your two other friends make it to chapel? Oh, they're the, whoa, you got high shorts. <laughs> I, he's walking in like he just came from the workout and I'm like, okay, I'm doing this. Got me out of bed. <laughs> um, okay. Um, would you three, would you three, you two and him, um, I need you to grab those buckets of water. Buckets of water. When I told Bill Tibbetts what I was doing, I was like, I just need like crafts of water, like pitchers. And he's like, we can do better than that. We could buy gallons of water. And I'm like, dude, you don't have to buy gallons. Of bring them over here. Yeah, bring them over here. Flex those muscles, dude. Like get that squat in for the day. Um, so I told Bill Tibbetts, like, I need some water. I need a tub. I'm going to do something. And Bill was like, we'll buy water. And I'm like, you don't have to buy water. I'm glad he did because this looks amazing. But when we were setting this up, it was like, we're going to store water under here. Like, it's going to be Armageddon or something. Like, we're just, we're just shuffling it under there. I was like, if any student sees this, they're going to wonder. And uh, who was it? Steve was like, they're not going to know. Okay, all the buckets. I need all those gallons. I need all the gallons. We're not skimping on water here. Okay. So again, no, you got to be on your knees. Got to be on your knees, Kyle. Right? President Hagen, isn't that how they'd be anointed on their knees? I think so. Yep, just like that. Um, now, in Bible times, Samuel was one guy. Today, we have three Samuels here because we have a lot of water that's going to go on, Kyle. And I want you in your head to think this isn't water. What is this? This is oil. Okay? So um, what we're going to do is, would you gentlemen open up a gallon of water? And if you're taking pictures or video, this would be a great video to get. I'm just going to tell you that. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. This is going to be like what happened when David was anointed by Samuel. Okay, gentlemen, um, let's have the orange shirt guy. You go first. Oh, look at that. Oh, it's beautiful. Okay, you can start pouring. And uh, you start pouring too. Orange shirt guy, you get another gallon. We're going to go through all these gallons. And when you're done, yep, yep, t-shirt hoodie guy, you get another one. Short shorts, good job. Um, we're not even halfway there. I need you guys to hurry up. We got transfer lunches we got to get to, I think. Oh, Kyle, how do you feel? Wait, pause there. Hold up, hold up. How do you feel? Oh, phenomenal. Okay, we'll keep pouring. That was very intelligible kind of statement. Now, imagine if you're David, though, and you're getting all this water, like, poured on top of you. Like, it's not water to, be, to start with. It's oil. So this isn't just like, oh, it's dripping. Like, this is oil. It's sticking on you. They did this in the anointing, one, because it showed the Holy Spirit on them. Two, because David... Whoever was being anointed was, oh, oh gosh. I think you missed a spot down his back. 
There's like this one little spot in there. Yeah, right there. Um, okay, are we done? Okay, Kyle, you stay there. Your buddies stay right behind him. Pose for the camera. Like, give a little flex. Everybody, if you're taking a picture, like... And everybody, hold a bucket. Hold, a, hold one of those water gallons, if you could. Oh, Kyle, you threw your hat on the ground. David didn't throw his hat on the ground. No, I'm okay. I know he probably wants his hat clean. Okay, if you're taking a picture, give, take a picture of these three and, and Samuel, or, and David. Okay, so now picture this. David's been working in the field. They pour the oil over him. One thing with the oil was it was the Holy Spirit. Second thing was it's just a cleansing agent. They didn't have everything we had today. When they poured the oil over the head, it covered the whole body. And that was a symbol also of cleansing because David's been in the field. He's been like... Who knows what's in his hair? I don't even want to touch your hair. All the bugs. But when that oil touches it, it doesn't stay. The bugs have to die. Anything that's wrong, it cleanses his skin. So here's David. Samuel just anointed him. David is dripping wet. Now here's Kyle. I want you to get up. Stand up. Let's give it up for Kyle. Just stand up. He's just been anointed. Okay, stay in there. Now, what do you... After somebody blesses you, what do you do to them? Bless them back. You need to give your buddies a hug, quick. Thank them so much for, yeah, give them a nice hug. Oh, look at that. Oh, oh, a nice hug. Are you guys, are you guys kind of wet now? Oh, you got a little, yeah, you got a little wet. Now, Kyle, I want you to like step out of the tug and just walk this way a little, like, oh, yeah, yeah leaving some drips behind you. Give President Hagen a little handshake. Give uh, Rich Wilkerson a handshake. He comes all the way from, I think he's in Florida. It's warm down there. He likes the beach. Um, He's wet. He's overflowing. Every place he goes, he's just dripping. It's effortless, right? My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. When Kyle touched you and you, you got wet there, you got wet here, he didn't have to do a thing. It just happened. It just happened. I think so much of our lives, we try so stinking hard. We try so stinking hard to try to go, okay, God's going to use me today. God's going to use the unspiritual things often more than the spiritual things. He's going to touch your life by you just walking. He's going to touch other people in that verse. Okay, we can give it up for Kyle and his three amigos. You guys can sit down. If anybody has longer shorts, you can give them him. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool. When I work out, I got the shorter shorts on. Much props. He definitely works out. Um, I want to go to the next screen here, and this is where we're going to come to a close. I mentioned Dr. Anderson in my talk. This is Dr. Watson, um, another man who's had a huge impact on my life. Um, I forget the years that Dr. Watson was here at North Central. Legend. And years ago, um, I was naive enough to volunteer. He was the chapel pastor. I don't know what the title was. Oh, yeah, just walk in front. Oh, you got to get your socks. Oh, got to keep his feet. Got to keep his feet warm. Um, 
so Dr. Watson was in charge of chapel. I was a senior. And he, one day, it was like, hey, I need a volunteer to help me with chapel, communion service. And I was like, naive enough. And I'm like, Dr. Dr. Watson's pretty cool. He had this saying like, life isn't fair, but God's faithful. And that proved to be true in my life, 39 years. Life's not fair. God's always faithful. He had story after story. And I'm like, if I could just get around this guy, it'd be amazing. It'd be amazing. So what did volunteering for chapel mean? It literally meant that I had to fill communion cups every other Friday. I had to get there an hour early (laughs) to fill those stinking communion cups that were just so small. We had a little filler. I hated it. I wanted to make every excuse not to fill communion cups. But I'm like, I'm doing it for Dr. Watson. I didn't even get to hang around him because he showed up just to do the communion. He didn't show up to fill them with me, so I didn't even get the hangout time. But Dr. Watson won chapel. This is 15, 20 years ago. I remember vividly, he, I was his assistant, so he was going to do this little skit, and I was his guy, and he calls me up, and I'm wearing shorts that were a lot baggier than that kid's, and I sit in there, and he does this illustration. My whole life changed. The way I looked at my career, the way I looked at every aspect of my life changed that day. If I think through any chapel I've ever sat in, that's the only chapel I remember, What was it? It was God's anointing is on you. It's effortless now. Just go. It took so much pressure off me. The things I remember from that talk were this. Hit the next slide. You're anointed. You are anointed. Second is this. You're overflowing. Like, it's overflowing. You don't have to try to overflow it. Like, we've all been around people who force their charisma on us. They force the emotions. When you're around somebody that's just true, you're like, oh, I need to hang around you more often. It's overflowing. Next is this. It's dripping. When God's anointing on you is dripping, you don't have to think like, okay, I'm walking into Starbucks now. I'm going to... No, it just happens. People go, something's different. And the last is this. It leaves a mark. It leaves a mark. When God's anointing's on you, it leaves a mark on everybody else. The reason I call this talk Create or Die is because I want to challenge each of us in this room here. God's called you to create. He's not called you to go through the motions in life. He's called you to create emotions for those around you, to show off God's grace, his love in your life. What are you doing with that? Often, just like this picture, when you think of this, the reason that I put this chapel tower higher is because in this city, I thought the chapel, the cross, deserves to be above everything else. That was my view of it. Is it doing anything? Absolutely not. It's just there. And that's what we are as believers. God's going to plant you somewhere. Just be there. Last slide is this, and best yet, go to it. It's effortless. It's effortless. It's just there. When you operate in God's anointing, when you choose to walk through that valley, when you don't choose to sit there, when life hits, it's effortless. You just have to walk. You just have to walk. So that's my challenge for us today. Create. Don't just sit. Create or die the rocks are going to cry out. I don't want the rocks to cry out on my watch. So with that, I'm going to invite Josh up, and he's going to close us in prayer. Thank you all for having me.